Not only that song, I think one of my favorite songs that my wife sings is, I still trust you, Lord. Amen. I still trust you, Lord. Oh, how many times have we found our place in our lives in that situation where our trust seems to run a little thin. And we begin to be like, Lord, where are you? Where are you at, Lord? But I know at the end of the day, I know I can still trust in Him. I know He's proved Himself time and time again. Oh, when I thought He was so far from me, when I thought I was walking this journey all by myself, that's when God stepped in at the very last moment and says, you can trust in me. I have never left you. I have never forsaken you. I have been right there with you the entire time. You can put your trust in me. Don't put your trust in government. Don't put your trust in this world. Don't put your trust in temporal things. For our trust and our hope and our strength rely in Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with me, please, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. We begin looking, starting last Sunday morning, at the characteristics of Jesus Christ through the eyes of the prophet Isaiah. And we talked about how the names in this passage of Scripture does not necessarily just uh, categorize the identity of Christ, but it also shares the characteristics of who Christ is. And the prophet Isaiah, I won't get into much of the context this morning. I was in the more of the context last Sunday morning to save time. And But the uh, names that the prophet Isaiah uh, puts here in the sixth verse of the ninth chapter of Isaiah is a picture of who Christ is. Not just his name, but who he is and his character. Um, it is in verse 6. The Bible says in Isaiah uh, 96 that we're going to jump to chapter 41, verse 10. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born. That is his earthly position. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That's his eternal position. And John 3.16 shows us that where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the government shall be upon His shoulders, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Now jump over to chapter 41, verse 10. Just one passage of Scripture. The Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach just for a few moments. I won't keep you long. I want to preach on the topic, Mighty God. How many know today we serve a mighty God? Yes, amen. A mighty God. Last week we talked about He's our wonderful counselor, how He leads us and He guides us and He directs our steps and He teaches us and guides us 
through our life. And now we're going to talk about the mighty God. I don't know about you today, but I come today to serve a mighty God. I come to lift up the mighty God. I, he has been more powerful. He's been all-knowing. He's been all-sufficient. He's been almighty in power in my life. And I know He has you as well. And I know one thing, we all got something to rejoice and to praise God for, that He has been mighty and wonderful in our lives. And so today we are fighting and we are facing certain and different battles that we have never faced before in our lives today. I'm sure that we all can testify this year has been our year, has been our worst year that we have all encountered and we have all faced individually, corporately, as a family, as an individual, and us as the church. We have all faced battles and we have all faced different trials this year that we have not yet faced before. I know this year has been weary and this, this year has been heavy upon us. We have faced uh, diseases and viruses this year that we have never faced before. I mean, know that our families, our homes, and even our marriages are being fought like never before. I'm sure that you can testify that you and your spouse or you and your family members have been in arguments, have been in fights and feuds more so now this year than you probably ever have before. And I want to share this with you that Satan is on a rampage today. He has tried his hardest he is trying to do everything that he can to stop every believer from progressing in the walk with Christ. He is trying to stop every church from growing and progressing for the kingdom of God. He is trying to do all that he can to stop all that, he, that we are trying to do to progress. Not only is, the, is Satan our adversary that we all try to uh, put as number one as the, as the cause and the reason for our battles and our trials that we are facing in, but how many also know that we are facing more enemies than our adversary himself. We are now facing our government and our, our our court systems are trying to put a halt and put a stop on the house of worship. How many years have you ever been in church and you ever seen the church doors closed because of what the government put out? How many times have you seen the church doors begin to shut and more people cannot come into a house of worship to lift up the name and to pray for the sick and to proclaim the gospel of the good news to a lost and hurting and dying world. I'm, I'm telling you this, I know I have not been in church as long as maybe some of you have, but I have never yet seen the church doors shut because of what the government has done. I want to tell you that we are fighting against principalities. We are fighting against an enemy more so than the adversary ourselves. We need to be prepared and we need to keep our walk in line according to the will of God and according to the word of God because I want to know this, that in all these things that I may be facing, in all these things that I may be going through and all these battles and trials that the enemy has set before me. I know one thing this morning. I do not have to fear. I do not have to worry. I shall not be dismayed and I will trust in Him because I serve a mighty God this morning. So many people when they read the Word of God, we are growing with a generation today that believes, and the, and the church has not taught them. I hope the church is not teaching our next generation. And it's sad to say that some uh, of our churches are teaching this. But I want to say that I hope the generation that's coming up, they believe that as long as they proclaim and profess Jesus Christ, as long as they just proclaim the kingdom, that their sins are forgiven and heaven is their home. 
But I'll tell you, my friend, that is not the case. That is not the case. Just because you proclaim Jesus, just because you proclaim the kingdom, does not necessarily mean your sins are forgiven. And they're teaching a generation that. It's as long as you do this and nothing else. Please don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. As long as you proclaim Jesus, as long as you proclaim the kingdom, that's it. That's all you have to do. You can live however you want to live. You can say whatever you want to say. You can think whatever you want to think. But as long as you proclaim the kingdom of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Here's what they do. So many times and throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you will find a two-letter word that a lot of people often overlook. And that word is simply if. If. I-F. If. Exodus 23 and 22. The Bible says, But if thou, but if thou indeed obey his voice, if you obey his voice, and do all that I speak, there's your if. There's two things the Word of God tells us we ought to do. Then... This is the part we want to jump to. We want to skip the if and jump to the then. Then I will be an enemy unto thy enemies. And I will be an adversary unto thy adversaries. We pray all the time. God, I want you to come against my enemies. I want you to raise war against my enemies. I have the devil fighting me. God, I want you to raise war against these people that are coming against me. But God says, I won't do that until you do the if. Also, this passage of scripture that has been quoted, I believe, more so this year than ever before. In 2 Corinthians 7.14, it begins with that two-letter word, if. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Four things he gives in that one verse that we ought to do before we get to the then. And it says, then shall I hear from heaven and forgive your sins and forgive their sins and will heal their land. Let me tell you this one thing. God will not bless your what until you first obey the if. Right. We, want a, we want a mighty God in our lives. We want to claim that mighty God. We want God to move wonder, working mighty power in our lives. But we seem to forget one little thing, the if. Don't forget the if. God wants to be a mighty working God, but you've got to do the if. He desires to have a relationship with us. He, want, he, he wants us to serve Him. He wants us to have a walk with Him. But we cannot have a walk every day unless we do what is according to the Word of God. Right. We often want to claim the power and the authority of the kingdom, but we don't want to share in His nature. Oh, well, y'all getting quiet on me. We want to claim the power and the authority of the kingdom, but we don't want to share in His nature. What is His nature? We want to operate, we want to act, and we want to move mightily in the, in the fruits of the Spirit. We want to uh, operate, I'm sorry, in the gifts of the Spirit. We want to be able to prophesy. We want to be able to have dreams and visions. We want to be able to, to speak in other tongues. We want to be able to do all these great and wonderful and powerful things that the Word of God says that we can do. But we don't want to share in the fruits of the Spirit. We don't want to be loved, gentle, meek, and, meek and kind and humble. We don't want to do all those things. We want to skip that part. We want to do the authority 
and the power of the kingdom of God, but we don't operate in His nature. It's, it's crazy how we today, again, want a mighty God in our lives, but we don't want to do what it takes to have a mighty God in our lives. I simply said all that, simply say this. If we want God to be mighty and do mighty things in our lives, we have to stop depending upon our own understanding, get ourselves out of the way, put our flesh upon the altar, and sacrifice ourselves upon the altar each and every day we wake up. If we don't, we will not ever have a power and a mighty God working in our lives. Ephesians 3 and 20, the Bible says, Now unto him is able to according according, uh, uh, exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That, my friend, is a definition of the God we serve. That, my friend, is a definition of a mighty, powerful, working God in our lives. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think. But He cannot do that if we don't adhere to the Word of God and do what it says we ought to do. Five areas in our lives that God can work mightily in us. And I'm pulling from Isaiah 41.10. Number one, He works through our fears. He, he can work mightily through our fears. Again, we are going through a time and a season that we have never faced before. The COVID-19 season. And I don't preach much on covid but I will say this, that, that it is being used to put fear in so many of us today. We fear, am I going to get it? Am I going to wake up one morning and leave the house? Am I going to get it? Is my, is my family going to get it? Is my close friends going to get it? And so many people have lost their jobs, have lost their homes, and has lost all they had because of this virus, because they could not work and keep all that they, were, that all they possessed. And only is the virus is the one thing that is keeping us from uh, serving God and, and, full, and living to our full potential because of fear. Let me tell you, fear will pull you down. Fear will pull you all the way down. Fear will keep, keep your focus off of Him. Fear will drive you away from Him. And that's the very thing that Satan is trying to use today to stop us. Not only if it's fear from the COVID virus, fear is also in America. I read a survey that was conducted in 2015. It says that 58% over half of Americans feared a corrupt government. 58% feared a corrupt government. It also stated that fourth of the Americans voted for a certain uh, candidate leadership because of they were feared of what was going to happen. They acted out of fear. And 10% of those uh, went out and bought firearms. If you look at the statistics today, that firearms and ammunition sales are through the roof. Why? Because they're driven by fear. Others feared terrorists, terrorist attacks. 44% of Americans reported that they had fear of terror attacks that could result in some possible nuclear warfare or some kind of economic destruction and some type of man-made disease. I remember back, it wasn't too long ago, I remember back that y'all remember when ISIS was hitting 
And, and all, you, all you heard on TV was the news of ISIS is coming and ISIS is going to do this and ISIS sending out these reports saying if you don't listen to us, if you don't abide by what we're saying, we're coming to America and we're going to destroy it. Fear filled America. Filled, uh, fear filled the hearts and lives of, of even people and even Christian uh, believers. Fear filled their hearts. Amen. Fear. People are now fearing the production of a microchip. Fear of having one placed in, into their hand. And what the fear about it is, is they fear because they know if they don't get it, they cannot buy, they cannot sell, they cannot trade. And then they, and they begin to think, well, if I can't buy, I can't sell, I can't trade, how am I going to get go to the store and get what I need? How am I going to get the essentials I need to survive? How am I going to get the medicine that I need to, uh, if I become sick or my children become sick? How am I going to survive? Let me tell you one what fear is. Fear is the ability of not knowing is where fear is driven by. Fear begins to rise up because we don't know the outcome. We don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. When fear sits up in our hearts, it grips our spirits. And not only does it grip our spirit, but our belief turns into grief. And our grief eventually turns into unbelief. We get our focus off of God and we start to focus on our own strength. We start focusing on how am I going to make it through this? How am I going to overcome this? What if this happens? What if this happens? And we start looking through our own eyes, through our own vision, the whole time we're not focusing on the, on where we need to be focusing on. Amen. And that is God. Right. And that is His Word. That's what fear does for us. But I didn't come today... I didn't come to you this morning to want to preach a doom and gloom message of fear and, and worry and anxiety and depression. I want to come today to try to build your faith and encourage you that fear not is recorded 365 times in Scripture. That gives you a new Scripture every single morning when you wake up for a reason not to fear. Second Timothy 1 7. The Bible says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That should tell us right there. If I've got fear rising up on the inside of my heart, I should know right then and there it did not come from God. It did not come from God. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Deuteronomy 31 6. Be strong and of good courage. Here it is. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that that goes with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. That should give us the, the biggest hope right now that when we are going through anything that we're going through, I don't know what you may be going through today, but I want to share this with you. You are not alone. You are not walking this thing alone. God is with you. He is right beside you. The Word of God says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Wherever we go, He is right there with us. Now, I love preaching on Moses and Joshua. That's probably my two favorite Old Testament uh, people in the Bible that I love preaching on. You've got Moses who led the children of Israel out of the bondage of Pharaoh. He leads them all the way up until the Red Sea. He stands there at the Red Sea and he looks at the waters 
this, this, this roaring left and right, up and down. And then he looks behind him and sees a thousand people. He sees all the children of Israel behind him. And they all look at him like, okay, big boy, you guys out of bondage. We done told you we'd rather go back to bondage than go through this. What are you going to do now? You've led us here to die. They're going to kill us. What are you, do- you going to do now, Moses? All you guys are red sea before you. Guess what? Do you not hear that, Moses? That there's a train, there's a there's a chariot of wheels rolling. There's feet, there's horses' feet thundering on the ground. They're coming after us. They're getting closer and closer, Moses. What are you gonna do? I'll tell you what he did. The Bible says that God spoke to him and said, Moses, lift up thy rod. And Moses began to lift up his rod and the Red Sea parted. I'm going to tell you, when you come into a situation and we've all been there before, we've come into a situation and said, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to overcome this? What am I going to do? I can't see no way out of this. And that's when fear begins to rise up on the inside of our hearts because we don't know the end from the beginning. We don't know how this is going to overcome and we don't know what we're going to do. And that's when God says, I have given you what you need and it is in your hand. So many times we walk this world we walk this walk of faith and we don't know what to do. But when God says that you've already had the whole time, it is in your hand. You walk every day with your rod in your hand. And we become so focused on our own sight and looking in our own direction, through our own ways. And we begin to say, well, what, what have I got to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to overcome this? But God said, you've got what you need is already in your hand. Lift up your hand and the Red Sea in your situation will part. I know y'all been through more than what y'all acting like y'all are this morning. Come on now. Come on in here with me. Right. How many times have we been through situations and we don't know how we're going to overcome it? How are we going to make it through? How are we going to overcome it? And when God's saying, you've got it right there Amen. in your hands. Right. Open up the Word of God. And it will show you how to overcome and how to come through whatever it is you're going through without fear. And also, I like preaching on Joshua. Joshua came into a place that he felt dismayed. He felt discouraged. Before I go in there, I'm back up one more time. Deuteronomy 31 8. And the Lord, He is that that go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now, only go God help you through the times of fear. All these things that are hitting, all these things that are happening in our world and even in your life that rises fear up in your heart, understand this, that we serve a mighty God today. And we serve a God that is all-power, all-knowing, all-sufficient, that will help us and overcome every ounce of fear that may hit us. Not only is God mighty through, uh, to overcome through fear, but He also through times of feeling dismayed. That word dismayed literally means to be discouraged. Now, back to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 began to feel dismayed. He began to feel discouraged because Joshua felt, uh, followed a man by the name of Moses for uh, a long period of time. And, and Moses was like his pastor in a sense. Moses was like his, his spiritual leader. And so by Joshua falling behind such a great leader for so long, seeing God move in such mighty ways, and seeing all these things that Moses did. But now all of a sudden Moses is dead. And Joshua looks at the situation. And he's like, okay, what am I going to do from here? What am I going to do now? I'm, he looked at himself as an adequate. 
He, he looks at himself and says, I'm not as good as Moses. I don't have what it takes. I'm not as good of a man and a leader as Moses. But all through the first uh, chapter of Joshua, God tells Joshua three times, be strong, be courageous, and don't fear. Joshua 1 and 3, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And basically what, what God was trying to tell him is, is, look, I've called Moses, I have equipped Moses, and I have blessed Moses. If I'm going to call you, I'm going to equip you, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you all that you need to qualify you to do what I need you to do. Amen. God does not call the qualified. He, he qualifies the call. You may not feel like I've got what I need. It may not have anything to do with ministry. People think everything with God has to involve some type of ministry in the church. No, you can do so much more than just preaching behind a pulpit. But you may think, well, in the situation, in the time that I feel like God is calling me to do this, but I don't feel like I'm chosen. I don't feel like I'm called. Then you start feeling discouraged. And you say, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't feel, I, I, I'm not a good speaker like Moses or I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not that. But don't be dismayed. So many things in this life can cause us to be discouraged and to lose all hope. Right. Joshua 1 and 9. Here's another one. For have not I commanded thee? Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee. Thee, whithersoever thou goest. Man, no matter where you go, no matter what you, I am with you. In this journey that I have placed before you, I am with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not just going to throw you out there and watch you fall. I'm going to walk it with you. Three times he tells them, do not fear. Be of good, uh, good courage. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. So many times we try to figure everything out. Well, God called me this, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to shift this around. I'm going to change this. I'm going to add a little bit more to this, and I'm going to do this. And then we try to put our own game plan together. Guess what? It don't make no sense. That's why the Bible says that we are not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in Him. So many times throughout Scripture, you will find so many people who have gained strength simply by trusting in God. Amen. How many times have you trusted in God? You finally came to the place where you just knew you couldn't do it. You threw up your hands and you said, I can't do it. I tried and I tried. I can't do it. So then what else you have left? The trust in Him. And then you realize that when you trust in Him, your faith and your strength begin to increase. So not only is, is God mighty to help us overcome fear and being dismayed or being discouraged, but thirdly, He gives us strength. He gives us strength through trusting in Him. Now, you find a man by the name of Gideon who put together an army of 3,000 men. And he was set out to uh, conquer the Midianites. And he put it together this big, strong uh, army of 3,000 men. But God came in and stepped down and said, Uh-uh, we're going to change that. I'm going to take it down from 3,000 men down to 300. So many times in life that what God will do that to our own lives. 
He will take all of our resources, all of our needs that we had, and all the things that we have to survive and to, and to go forward, and He whittles it all down to nothing. To where we look at the, our, our resources, just like Gideon, he said, I got this, I got it in the bank. I got a good 3,000 strong uh, army. And then God said, no, 300. Then we look at our resources and say, I got all that I need to survive. I got everything in place. Everything's going to work out. And all of a sudden, it all goes away. Why do you think he did that to Gideon? Why do you think he does it to you? I'm going to tell you why. So we can trust in him. See, now Gideon, he's out and he's, he's about to go for this army with only 300 men. And all he can do is trust in God. He said, I don't have enough men. I don't know what I'm going to do. But God takes the 300 men and conquers the Midianite army. Because he, he confused the army and it made his little 300 uh, men army to look a lot larger than the, 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 the Midianite army. And when they came in, they confused that army. And the, and the Midianite army actually started fighting within themselves. And Gideon's strength came from trusting in God. I'm going to tell you, in this season that we're all facing, don't try to figure all this out on your own. Trust in God. If we just simply trust in God, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. And anxiety won't fill our hearts. We won't be depressed. We'll be stronger. Because then we can look back and say, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know the outcome from the income. But all I know is that God is in control. And God's got this in the palm of His hand. That I don't have to worry about this. And then you look over to another very well-known scripture of the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that were thrown into the fiery furnace. And then the, the, the uh, uh, scholars believed that the fiery furnace was so hot that the soldiers that threw the men in were consumed by the fire. And, and the three Hebrew children were bound up by ropes and they were bound up real tight when they were thrown in there. And, the, and it's and it said to believe that the fire burnt the ropes off of them, but it never cinched one hair. The whole time that they were going through the fire, the whole time that they were in the furnace, they were not burned because they believed that God was going to be there and they believed that they were going to be safe and they were going to be protected. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, did we not throw three Hebrew boys into the fire furnace? And he said, yes, we did. Then why do I see four? And the fourth one looks like the Son of Man. And I want to share this with you, that when you go through hell and fire, when you go through the fire furnace of your life, if you just simply trust in Him, if you just put all your faith in Trust in Jesus and just know that He is with you. He is not forsaking you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that you can walk through hell and you can walk through the fire and you will not once be burned. Because our strength lies in trusting in Him. If you don't have trust, you have nothing. If you don't have trust in Him, where else is your trust going to come from? It's going to come from the world. And your own resources and your own strength if we don't trust in Him. Don't let the enemy come in and try to tell you you're not going to make it. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Just say, I trust in Him. Because I trust in a mighty God today. I trust in a God that has not never left me. I've been through hell and high waters myself. I know you have as well. And I know I've been through and through and through. And I look back today and say, how in the Lord, how in the world did I ever make it through? How did I ever overcome that situation? How did God ever bring me back? But then I look back and say, I know why. I know how. Because I know my God is mighty. He is all power. He is all knowing. 
and, and He will allow me to overcome all these things that I've went through in my life. Psalms 28 and 7. The Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart, here it is, my heart trusted in Him. And I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth. And my song will I praise Him. My heart trusted in Him. And because my heart trusted Him, I can forever praise Him. You know what? This whole COVID-19, all these things happening through the presidential election, all these things happening in the world, the, the riots and the, and the, and the, and the fighting and, the, and all this that's going on, you know what? I don't fear those things. I don't worry about it. The whole COVID-19, yes, it's a very real virus. It is very deadly. It has killed thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And one of our very own has now, have, now has it. But you know what? I don't fear it. I don't fear it. But I do respect it. I do acknowledge the fact that it is real. I do use wisdom and knowledge. I work in Walmart every day. I work in two Walmarts every single day. 10, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. I wear my mask. I keep my hand sanitized. I keep my distance from people when I do have to associate and talk. But I don't fear the virus. Because I know if I do all I can to keep safe and to keep from getting the virus, I know that all i got left is to trust in Him. God, I've done all I can do. All I can do is trust in You that You will, that you will do what You said in Psalms 91. That no evil shall befall Thee. That no plague shall come now Thy dwelling. God, all i got left is to stand upon Your Word. That's all i got to walk by. That's all i got to stand upon. That's my rod and that's why I lift up and that's what's going to make my way through this pandemic. That's what's going to make my way through this life. It's all I've got left to do is to trust in you. That's all i got. And then lastly, He will help and He will uphold me. Psalms uh, 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters therefore roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Why do I need God's help? I think we can all agree that we have all encountered situations, that we have all encountered times and battles and trials in our life, that we have looked back and said, I, God, I need your help. God, I need you to intervene. God, I cannot do this on my own. I'm too weak, but thou art strong. God, I need your help today. I believe with all of my heart that God does certain things or allows certain things to hit our lives. To get us to realize that we can't make it on our own. That we cannot make it through this on our own. That it's not by our own strength that we can make it on our own. That God will allow certain things to hit our homes, hit our lives, hit our jobs. That makes us wake up and say, guess what big boy? You can't do it on your own. You can try all you can with all your might. But you cannot do it on your own. Because it's through my might, through my power, that by my spirit says the Lord. I want to read Psalms 124 to you in this entirety. Listen to this. Psalms 124 says, If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I can stop right there and go home. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, oh, how can we, 
How many times can we look back and say those words? If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. If it had not been for the Lord who was with me at midnight. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. And with their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our souls. Then the proud waters had gone over our souls. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord who have given not given us to a spirit of uh, uh, praying to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. Church, listen to me. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Now lastly, our hope Our hope, our hope is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, I love again what Zechariah 4, 6 says. Not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to tell you what. It's not by our own might, by our own strength, but it's only by the might and the power and by the spirit of God that you and I can make it, that you and I are ever going to endure the times that we're in and through the battles and trials that we're facing. You can try to do it on your own. You can try to do it through your own strength. But I'm going to tell you, you are not going to be successful. You are not going to make it. Because it's by the mighty hand of God that we are here that we are able to make it. How many times in life can you say that if it had not been for the Lord, that wreck should have killed me? That wreck, I should not have survived that wreck. The wreck should have killed me. That overdose should have killed me. The, the cancer should have killed me. How did those bills get paid? I have no idea. Then how, Satan should have killed me years ago. But guess what? I'm still standing. I'm still in the church. I'm still here on Sunday morning worshiping the Lord and giving Him praise. But how did I make it? Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I serve a mighty God. I serve a God that is able, more than able, to do exceedingly abundantly above, above all that we may ask or think. I serve a God that heaven and earth adore Him. I serve a God that heaven and earth is His footstool. I serve a God that is still on the throne. Do you remember all the hell that you went through? Do you remember all the hell and high waters that you went through? Do you remember all the battles that you went through? Do you remember everything that your family went through? Do you remember all the lies that the devil has told you? And it's by the grace of God that you're still here. It's only by the grace of God that you're still able to stand. It's only by the grace of God that you are here this morning, worshiping, serving Him. I bet some of you came to church this morning with the smoke of, uh, that is still on your clothes. The smoke smell is still on your clothes for from all the hell that you just came out of, from all the hell that you just went through, you come here and you shook all the smoke off of me and said the hell thought he got me, the hell thought he could have kept me, but I am still here. I just walked through the fire. I went through hell and high water. But devil, guess what? I'm still here. I still got a praise in my mouth. And devil, you ain't going to shut my mouth because heaven and earth is his will. I will forever serve him. I serve a mighty God today. Hallelujah. Do you serve a mighty God? Amen. Is God mighty in your life? Yes. As I close, I want to close this last passage of Scripture. Again, one more time. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear thou not. And all of this Scripture that I'm reading to you right now is the one we opened up with. All of this one passage of Scripture is... is, is uh, Capable and able for, uh, because of one reason. It's, it's true for one reason. Because we serve a mighty 
God. Fear thou not. Why? Because I serve a mighty God. He says, I am with thee. Be not, be not dismayed. Why? Because I serve a mighty God. I will strengthen thee. Why? Because I am a mighty God. I will help thee. Why? Because I am a mighty God. I will uphold thee with the right, my right hand of righteousness. We serve a mighty God today. And you know what? All these things that we are worrying, all these things that we're facing, all these things that we're going through, guess what? You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Fear should not ever grip your hearts. And as soon as it does, I'm not going to say it's not going to, but as soon as that fear grips your heart, you say, devil, get thee behind me. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to fear this. I don't have to fret this. Because I know my God will get me through this. How do you know that so confident? How do you have so much confidence in your heart, in your spirit? Why? Because this is what I got to go by. This is all I got to go by. And I know this will forever stand. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask the Lord God that you be with every individual that's here. God, I pray in some way, some form, or some fashion, God, that you make yourself known more now than ever before in every life and every person that is here. God, I pray, God, that you just move in such a mighty, mighty way. Lord, that when they look at the situation, how they overcame it, that all they can say is, because I serve a mighty God. I got through this. I overcame this because I serve a mighty God. God, we thank you, Lord, today. We, we worship you today for the fact that you have never left us. You have never forsaken us. And God, you are shown and proven yourself more and more so now than ever before. That you are there. That you are still seated upon the throne. That you have not turned a deaf ear nor a blind eye to the, to the, to the hearts and to the cries of your people. God, I pray God today that you watch over all of us. That you keep us safe. And that you bring us back Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. And God, we just want to say we love you. God, we say we thank you for all your many blessings. God, that you have blessed us with each and every day that we wake up. God, we thank you, Lord, and we love you. And we appreciate all your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.